Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Helaman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group held every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first. Then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. I am so excited to be here, but I'm even more excited that I'm here with some amazing women who participated for some time in our Mothers Who Know classes, our Mom Power class, and our Mothers Who Know support groups. And I wanted to put out a podcast that addresses where we're all at and what we're all dealing with right now, with adjusting in our families to what's going on in our world and the things that we're noticing, getting more perspective than just mine, because we are all adjusting and seeing what we can see in our own home that does something powerful for me and for you when I can see it's not just one other home. There's several homes and everybody's adjusting to what's happening in the world right now. And that really affects us as mothers and how we go about our stewardships. Uh, We have our mom power class that we have every uh, eight weeks and the next one starts on the 31st. And in that, we learn so much about how to handle us in the best way so that we can be available, that the real battle is to keep the spirit, and that staying by the tree is kind of a barometer or a gauge how we can keep an eye on ourselves to notice. This is a good time for me to talk or not, because I'm maybe not available to the spirit right now. I'm feeling more like I'm being in a mood battle and I need to wait for a minute or think about this for a bit or do the best I can right now and then follow through with the rest of what I'm trying to do in a bit. Uh, I just think there's so much 
that will be happening to so many of us because we're adjusting. One of the women that participates in Mothers You Know recently sent, and I love what she sent. She said that she was reading today a quote by Ardeth G. Cap from the book Better Than You Think You Are. And this is what she wrote and sent me. When Latter-day Saint women become united in lifting and building themselves and those around them, avoiding comparing and competing, they create a power that is very threatening to the cause of Satan. Such unity is a powerful weapon against his plan. Since we all fight for Heavenly Father's plan and our ability to think vertically toward his plan, I've invited Kathy and Debbie and April and Sarah to join me in this podcast. So what I would just love to do, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about kind of what it looks like at my house right now. And then you girls, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and say, this is kind of what it looks like at my house right now while we're adjusting. So in my home, we have a dad, a mom, and two technically adult children. I have a 20 year year old son and an 18 year old daughter. And my husband and I have been married for 27 years. And we also have a little dachshund dog, Doyle. Just what's happened with schools are closing. We are having a home-centered church completely. And it's just the adjustments that we've made here are my life. Personally, I had the realization yesterday, I thought, because I do everything I do online, my life didn't slow down like my kids' lives slowed down because the college that my son was going to shut down and everything went online. And my daughter, her high school, you know, shut down and she's online, but she had very few classes because she's a senior. So she really just feels like she won the lottery and she just got to quit school. (laughs) That's kind of what she feels like. I'm so excited because school has never been her favorite thing anyway, but she has been rocking her senior year. And so it's been kind of fun to watch. But my son is in his 20s and has submitted papers for admission, but is on a medical hold. And it was just released from that medical hold about a month ago and told that he could submit his papers again. But now we're on hold, right? It's now everything is adjusting. And so we, you know, he, that was really stretchy for him and for for my mother heart to, to watch and to pray about and just to let him figure it out, you know, and do it according to his own journey. And so what I realized yesterday is that I haven't really slowed down because I still work online at home and they're all slowed down. I'm noticing, I looked at my calendar this morning and I thought I need to adjust myself. So I slow down with my family. I'm going to try to figure out how I can do that. Then my husband, we got two days ago from Amazon, a, you know, a package on the porch and he ordered a bread maker. I think he was just feeling like, we're going to make our own bread. And he went to the, uh, the store where all they sell is things that you bake with. I think it's called kitchen needs in our area. Needs is spelled like kneading bread dough, you know, need. And so he went to that store and came home with four six gallon buckets and 
enough wheat flour and white flour to fit in those four those buckets two of each and said i have a bread maker coming and i was like okay and i thought that was so cute because he's like the guy that you know he loves collecting guns and he loves motors and he's like the perfect most wonderful handyman knows how to do everything comes to things like that and so it was just so interesting it was like we are gonna make some bread that's what we're gonna do so our house has been smelling like bread and i've had to adjust my calorie intake just so i can support all that bread <laughs> and act like man this is yummy bread what else should i try on top of my bread so it's good all right so let's see, Debbie, would you mind going next? And then we'll go with Kathy. Sure. So in years past, as we worked on our food storage and contemplated a time where we might be at home for long periods of time, I didn't expect it to look quite like it does right now because my food storage is actually in storage because I'm in a hotel until we close on our townhome on Monday. And um, the reason that we moved was for my husband's job. He's currently working remotely as a result of the virus. So that means he's in the hotel room and I'm in the hotel room. And so we're sharing our space during the day. And so now I'm, I'm actually in the lobby and I have had moments where I've wondered why we actually needed to move. If he's just working remotely anyway, why couldn't he have just worked remotely from where we lived? But just having to remind myself again and again that this is the plan. And, um, and we were empty nesters until just yesterday, my son who's um, serving a mission reached out and said that he would be returning either Friday or Saturday at the request of the area presidency along with all of the missionaries in his mission who were due to be released in April and in June because they want to make sure that the missionaries can get out. So just heard from him that he will be arriving tomorrow night, Friday. So I'm just kind of wondering how he will have a period of two weeks of isolation, how that will look as we're in a hotel and then moving to a new place, but just having faith that things will work out. Um, we were able to gather food storage for two people in our little hotel room until Monday when we close on our townhome, but now we're realizing we have an extra mouth to feed as of tomorrow night, so we'll need to redo things, but just feeling peaceful and like things will work out and like there is enough and to spare, even though it's not quite like what I imagined it would look like. And um, even though I can't access the toilet paper that I bought and, you know, put in storage, at least I know that it's there, that the amount of matter on the earth remains constant. And sometimes I will have access to it, even though it's not right now, but that I have enough here. So, so anyway, that's, that's how things are feeling for us. And um, it feels good, but it feels different than I imagined. 
it's good to get a, just a peek over there. All right, Kathy, give us a peek of over there where you are. And, and just so you know, Debbie's in California. I'm in mm -hmm. Utah. And Kathy, go ahead and say where you are. And so I'm in Florida. And so in my family, I have um, my husband. And I have five kids, but four of my kids don't live with us anymore. They're at college and one is married. And um, so the one daughter that's at home is 14. My husband, um, he is working. He has to work from home now. So he took my office so my tree of life is missing. But um, he, he works just like he would if he went to work. I don't see him all day long. He just sits in the office. Um, except for at lunch. And then my daughter, she is actually thrilled about not being in school, a little disappointed because it was actually our spring break. And so she was hoping to do something fun and we won't be, except for sitting in our house. And then, as I said before, I have kids that are, are out of the state and one that's married and um, her and her husband live in Magna, Utah. and. Um, to add to the stress of the virus, they had the earthquake yesterday, and it hit right where she is. So when I think about the way um, it is in my home and the feeling in our home, there has been a, lots of ups and downs of like fear because things like that happen and I'm so far away. Another thing that has been a challenge for us is that um, one of my sons that goes to BYU, Provo, when they... Um, just before they announced that they were going to close down BYU for the virus, he was in a car accident and totaled his vehicle. And we were in the process of trying to get a ticket so my husband could go to Utah to help him and get him situated so that he could continue working. And because of the virus, that halted that. So um, that was, I think, for us, like an, an underlying thing for us is the hard part isn't sitting in our house. <laughs> the hard part is we can't reach out to our kids that need us. And I know they're 20, but there are things we would still help them with, you know, so that they have a little easier time and we just can't do it. All we can do is just text back and forth and tell them that we love them and try to give them some encouragement. So that's been a little bit challenging for us. But the one thing that I have learned from this experience is that, um, I, and also I do have, I have a low immune system due to um, previous cancer, so I can't really go really anywhere um, without the risk of possibly getting sick easily. So I don't go anywhere. And um, so it might seem boring, <laughs> but I also have learned that that I can have really great spiritual experiences, even, even when I, I'm, I'm not out and about. And I used to believe that being out and about among the community would be the only way that I could um, receive spiritual experiences. That's not to say they're not there. They are definitely there. Um, but it, it has brought me to a place where I recognize that I can inspire and I can use a spirit in my life when I'm not having contact with other people. And I notice more where I need to speak up and do things to help and encourage others to feel that spirit. 
just an experience this morning that I had. I, I'm supposed to teach Relief Society on Sunday. Well, we're not having church. And um, so I had my lesson that I had started to prepare before they had announced that there was no church. And I don't really have to do anything. Nobody's going to say anything if I don't do anything. But this morning, I was listening to a song that I love. And, I, and it came to mind about my Relief Society lesson that I'm not going to give that lesson. And it, it was a lesson that was given a, called Fruit from Elder Anderson. And um, so this song reminded me of that, that song. And I, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to see the sisters on Sunday, but I can reach out to them because we have this amazing thing called the internet. And so I went on Facebook and I went onto our ward um, Facebook page and I posted to the sisters and I told them that I, I'm going to miss talking with them and discussing the topic. And I told them what the topic would have been if we'd gone to church. And I posted the song that I, I was listening to this morning and told them that I just want them to remember to look to, towards the Savior, that when things are fearful and times like these happen in our lives, that that's really all that matters, that we're looking in the right direction. And um, I felt inspired to do that. So I, I feel like it's been a lesson where I've learned I can be inspired even when I'm, I'm sort of isolated. A lot of times I think when you're isolated, you're always in a complete dark place. But sometimes being away from everybody gives you time to think and to recognize more what the spirit wants you to do. So that's my thought. Thank you, Kathy. All right. April, can you go and then Sarah? Sure. So for us, my, my daughter is actually homeschooled and all of her classes are online. I have a 17-year-old daughter. And then I have two older children that, that, are, that have moved out, don't live with us any longer. But So for her, life's still the same. And she's actually kind of sad about that because all of her friends don't have anything to do. And she still has to finish all of her classes so that she can graduate this year since they're all online. And then for her, her seminary switched to online seminary now. She used to actually go to seminary and then come home and that switched to online. And actually that she's the most sad about because now she actually has to do this stuff, go through the book, learn it on her own. She doesn't have a teacher teaching her. So anyway, that's been a little bit different. The biggest thing I guess for us that's been a change in our house is uh, my husband twofold. One was looking for work and nobody's really hiring right now. They're kind of like businesses are stopping and they're really not doing a whole lot. And so that's been a struggle. And then his particular job, he usually goes out and he's uh, meeting with business owners during the day. He kind of literally um, has appointments with different business owners all day and none of them are in. So now he's just doesn't really know what to do. He's just kind of at home and and honestly, I think that's been our hardest struggle is, is with him just kind of going, honestly going down a rabbit hole of, well, now I can't support my family and I can't get another job and I'm really struggling with all of this. And anyway, just trying to navigate that and just help him realize that, you know what, it's still going to be okay. We're still getting blessed in all of this where we, you know, we have time with our families and last Sunday was our first Sunday doing the home that you know church at home because all of the meetings had been canceled 
and it was amazing at our house. We sat down and we had, you know, almost an hour and a half of, of come follow me in church. And, and our daughter really opened up and talked about some of the struggles that she was having. And it, it was actually a really special experience for us. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. This is stuff like we do come follow me, but not that extensive. We never sit down for an hour and a half. I'll be honest, we're not that cool. So it was really nice because I thought this is great. We can, you know, sit down and have some family time and really just be together and um, and those types of things. And I think like Kathy said, our kids that don't live here, it is a little bit tougher. Our, our oldest kids are both in Utah. One of them was near the earthquake. And so, you know, I got a text from my son in the morning that said, I survived the earthquake. I'm here. I'm good. My, I got food loaded in my car in case I need to go anywhere. I'm good, mom. And I thought, okay, you know what? Good for you. He's, he just thought that was really cool, actually. So that was kind of funny. But, but just to be here thinking, you know, they, they're really going to, our older kids that aren't here are really going to have to stand on their own two feet and really learn to rely on the Lord themselves and the help of those around them and also be able to reach out and help others. So that's what's going on in my house. Yeah. And April's in California. Okay. And then Sarah. Hi, I am Sarah and I'm in Utah. I am a single mother of six children and they range in age from six years old to 16 years old, almost 17. She'll turn 17 next week also a working mom. So as you might expect, it's required quite a bit of, a, of an adjustment to have everyone now schooling from home, working from home, trying to stay productive. Um, the increase in just the number of meals that we have in our home all the time means that it's a mess in the kitchen. <laughs> it's, it's chaos a lot of the time. And Part of what I was dealing with at the beginning of the week was I, you know, I'm in a neighborhood kind of group text and everyone was sharing all the fun things that they were doing with their kids to use their time and to stay um, in a learning mode and to have fun together. And I found myself in a lot of comparison and feeling like all we can do is just like the bare minimum. And I would love to be able to do that stuff with my kids, feeling a loss of um, being able to, what we might've been able to do when I wasn't working, um, to be able to do some of those things. And so it was kind of difficult, but I have noticed some of the things that have been really important for me this week is to make sure I'm continuing to reach out and not be isolated. You know, that I need to be reaching out not only to give support and check in with people and how are you feeling and how are you doing, but what are the support systems that I need because there's a lot to be thinking about and to be working on and to try to get done during this time that we are all at home. So I had not been, as I've been working, hadn't been in some of my groups recently, but I knew that I needed to get back so that I could get some perspective, get some support from people who are in the trenches and understanding 
understanding that we're all in this period of adjustment. I think one of the other things that I've found to be a challenge is, um, and it's my tendency, I think, too, is to put all of the responsibility on myself. Put the responsibility on myself to make sure everybody stays productive and gets their stuff done. And you know, we get all of these, all of these assignments and all of these resources from the teachers. But everybody's doing something different. So if I were just homeschooling my kids, it probably would be a little bit more of a coordinated effort. <laughs> um, but to have to manage six kids schoolwork and all of that stuff. It's overwhelming if I try to do it all myself. Uh, my three oldest kids are girls and responsible. Not that boys are not responsible. I don't mean it that way. What I mean is my first two, three are girls. My second, my second three, my last three are boys. And um, the girls got have it handled. And they pretty much know what they need to be doing because they're older and they've already been doing some of their stuff online. The younger boys, they just are requiring a little more direction. But what I've noticed today, because my kids are all with their dad today, I've actually noticed my girls are taking a little more responsibility for their brothers today. And I haven't really asked them or uh, allowed them to do that this week, this whole week. And that's a resource I think that I can really tap into, not to make them ultimately responsible for their brothers, but to think about how they can pitch in and help. And so that I have the space and the time to be able to do the work that I need to be doing. A lot of my work is mental work. And so this week, it's felt very unfocused and like I haven't been very productive because I'm trying my attention and my mental capacity is somewhere else trying to help my my boys in particular um, so that's that's something that I think will be helpful to me moving forward but I also know and I I think from the get-go this week I've been focusing on being patient with myself not expecting um, not expecting the awesome, full of wonderful, fun days, but just whatever we can get done is okay, and it's good, and it's, it's also enjoyable. You know, it's enjoyable to have the kids home, and they're able to spend more time together. We're able to spend more time together. You know, we've had more unstructured time in the evening where we can stay up late and watch a movie maybe, and, and that's been really a lot of fun. So taking the time and the space that I need so that I can be in a good place mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, I feel like that's something that I am trying to focus on now and, and really think since this may not end anytime soon is going to be a real key for me. And treating everything with humor. <laughs> because we... It is, we are kind of a hot mess, and sometimes that's kind of funny. So it, I found a couple of, just somebody had sent me a couple of videos yesterday, just fun songs about being socially, social distancing, and about homeschooling when you never, never thought you would be homeschooling. And I just laughed, and I showed my kids, and we laughed together, although my 
my 10 year old son was like, mom, I don't get it. <laughs> but I was laughing and that was the key. <laughs> that is a key. I love what you said about being patient with yourself. Cause yeah, it is. It's one thing that we're all adjusting together in a family. You know, everybody's adjusting together. It's happening to all of us instead of, you know, everybody's doing their stuff and one person needs to adjust because of illness or because of this, but the whole world is adjusting with this COVID-19 virus. But the way that it's affecting us individually in our homes, in our families and in our hearts is just amazing to notice. I just want to talk a little bit about what else has been amazing to notice as somebody who loves Heavenly Father's plan and believes in Jesus Christ and who he is. Uh, what are some other things that you're noticing or that you've been thinking about? One of the things April mentioned, I guess I would also chime in on, and it is that we had the most amazing Sabbath day in our home Sunday that we, we've never been able to pull that off before ever. And it, it was really special. And it made me think the Lord works in mysterious ways, the way he teaches us the things that he wants us to know about finding him. And how can we not uh, just follow the prophet's counsel of spiritual survival joy in our life has much less to do with our circumstance but so much more to do with the focus of our lives and how can we use the messages that he's recently given us about hearing christ about you know just about the covid19 and the things that he blessed us with and encouraged us to do and to notice bj is also here BJ, you're also in Utah, and tell us how things have adjusted at your house since all this has happened. Well, uh, we have, you might can hear my two boys in the background. They're trying to read to each other. I just gave them a little assignment, <laughs> and so I was going to have them close the door, but Karen said, BJ, you're on, so <laughs> here I am. Um, so we're just trying to do school at home, and um, like a lot of other people, and that means I'm realizing I don't know anything about Spanish and we're trying to talk about biology and anyway so I'm I'm trying to adjust to and decide what can I tackle and what um, what do I need to let let drop but anyway um, one of the adjustments just that I've noticed in our home is uh, just uh, the prayers of my children so as we had a little earthquake here yesterday and um, they've been worried about the virus. I, I recall almost every prayer for the last 15, 12 years, depending on <laughs> which kid is um, blessed that we can have a good time and that we'll have fun and please bless that my brothers and sister in Rexburg will have a fun day and have a good time. And, and I noticed how um, that has um, just changed dramatically that, um, Plus that we won't have another earthquake, and if we do, that we'll be, um, we'll have extra help and strength that we can, you know, help ourselves and help other people. I've never heard anything like that out of my kids' mouth, even though we've tried to say, 
Now, Heavenly Father doesn't just want us to have fun only. You know, he wants us to, you know, learn and do some other things too. But it was interesting how I thought I could have never helped to try and teach that. Just, just to extra focus on things that matter and on each other. And so anyway, that's just been something really cool that's come from it. But that's just one thing that I've noticed that I thought, that's awesome. That's awesome. My daughter's getting married and, um, in a few weeks, and she can't really have all those, you know, 60 people she was inviting. And she just um, has been so neat to watch her think, well, we're going to focus on covenants instead of the crowd. You know, this is okay. You know, this is, this is really simplified and different. But it's, been, it's just been neat to watch some of those things that seem like that'd be a bummer to really there's some cool parts to it. So. Thanks, BJ. Something that we talk often about in our classes and in our support groups and Mothers You Know and Mom Power classes, we talk about how it's so easy because of what's going on around us to just focus temporally and to shut our vertical perspective off and not be able to really look at what's going on under Heavenly Father's plan and under what we understand His plan to be and what it's for and and that it is for us, and that it's not going to always feel like fun. It's going gonna, it's gonna to feel kind of stretchy sometimes, and it's going to grow us. And sometimes we'll feel like sitting down, and other times we'll feel like we can stand up and do something. But it all is such a journey, but there's that big, huge battle that we have to try to be thinking vertically when things are happening in our life, no matter what they are. One of the, the things that I would love to discuss is just how, what have you been noticing about this whole situation? Um, we've all mentioned little things that we've noticed, you know, and that we're trying to do with the way we think and things we're noticing about the way our kids are behaving and little things we didn't expect that, boy, isn't that nice to see kind of a thing. From your own heart as a woman who also has children that you love and a home that you're trying to run and manage, but you're also a daughter of Heavenly Father, what would you say about just thinking vertically in all of the suggesting we're making and what you've noticed about Jesus Christ and Him leading His church and how He's helping us? Um, Karen, I... I'm going to think a little bit more about these questions, but one of the one of the words that I really love that you use is stretchy. I just love that characterization because I think when we think about trials or or adversity or things that are are hard and pull us out of our comfort zone, kind of has a negative connotation, right? But but stretchy feels different. Stretchy feels like opportunity. And I love that aspect of that word. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So how have you noticed Christ trying to grow you? I think for me, this is Sarah, I, I think that for me, there's been an opportunity to recognize how I normally respond in certain situations. And those little promptings of the spirit that, lead me to respond in a little bit different way. I think there's a bigger, there's more openness, I think, to the 
to the guidance of the spirit, to that personal revelation. And that's something that I know President Nelson has really encouraged us to, to do and to develop and to make a big part of our discipleship. And yet we're really in the laboratory right now. You know, it's not just learning intellectually, but it is experiencing it and doing it and having our, our lab time. So good. Yeah, something that President Nelson said was that, you know, he, he recently came out with a message of here, Jesus Christ, that Heavenly Father has invited all of us to have this opportunity and to hear Jesus Christ. And then at the end of his message that he just gave with the, just about what we're going through with the COVID-19, he says, the gospel provides certain hope and help to a troubled world. I love you. I pray for you. And I promise that you will receive comfort and peace as you continue to hear him. Can I make a comment? Yes. This is Kathy. And, um, I, I'm thinking that there's two main things that I believe are like sort of answers to prayers that I've received during these last few weeks. And um, I guess maybe I shouldn't say answers to prayers because I didn't really want that answer, but it is the answer. So one of the things that I've struggled with over the last several years is that I've always want, I've always thought of myself as a strong person because I thought that when I had challenges that I was strong and I could keep working hard and I can make it through those challenges and come out on top in the end. And um, over the last several years, I've had a challenge in my life that I realized is never going to end. Like it will be there till I die. And so I... I didn't know what to do with that. I don't know how to, you know, keep pushing forward. Sometimes when I don't, when I realize it won't end. And, um, and I, I guess I shouldn't say it would never end. I guess things can change, you know, but, but it does not appear to be something that will change ever. And um, when it came to this virus, at least for our experience, you know, in the beginning they were saying, well, because we were going off on a spring break. So they said, we'll just take spring break. And, you know, maybe a few days after that, you'll be back and everything will be fine. And, and then phone call after phone call until yesterday, we get a phone call saying the kids aren't going back till at least April 15th. And, and, you know, all these changes where it just keeps going on and on and on. And, and so I feel like, Heavenly Father and the Savior are trying to teach me that you don't really know when the struggle is going to end, but you have to focus on the things within your immediate space that you can handle. And um, just a really dumb example is my backyard is horrible. I hate my backyard. It's not kept up nice. Because first of all, we live in Florida, so you can't have nice grass here. It's against the law. Just kidding. No. So I would like it to look better, but I don't spend a lot of time out there because I'm always thinking of all the other things outside my family that I think I have to be doing. But now because I can't 
be out there doing, then it refocused my sight on what's right there and, and how I should appreciate what I have and that I should take care of what I have, not just, you know, my yard, but my family that's right with me. So that was one of the thoughts. And the other one just skipped my brain. So now it's time for somebody else to talk. But that is something that I've thought working on challenges and thinking I'm, I, can, I can hold to the tree right now and I can hold till the end because I know it's going to end like on a certain day, but you don't know when it's going to end and you still have to like live righteously and be upbeat and happy and cheerful the whole time. And it's really, it really is challenging, but I think that's, you know, what we're expected to do is mm-hmm. hold on. It's so good. And Kathy, you just mentioned that our kind of our motto is stay by the tree uh, because we, we just referring to Lehi's dream in the book of Mormon, all of the stretchy things that were in that dream that you had to notice or get through or be opposed by, or enticed by in order to get to the tree. And that the thing, it wasn't that the way to the tree, once you found the rod, it was super obvious. It's that way. Just keep holding onto the tree, onto the rod, and it'll get you to the tree. Uh, But just that thought of stay by the tree really is a message of Jesus Christ is who's at the tree. He's the, his atonement is the, You know, the empowerment of the most delicious thing that, you know, is beyond anything we can comprehend, his atonement that can change us if we'll partake of it. And uh, that the love of God is what we can feel if we have the spirit. And so really our motto is stay by the tree. I like to see, say, stay by the tree, sister. Like it's just kind of a, that's the goal is to stay by the tree. And so what you described there has so much to do with just a realization of despite or even though or not, it's not what if, it just is. It just, this is what I have. And I can have a perspective of how to care for it because it's a complete, um, less distracted focus. I've noticed that too at my house is that we've just been able to think, well, since there's nothing on the clock or the calendar, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just keep visiting for longer. Let's keep talking more. Something that happened at my house today that was amazing to me, my son and I were talking and he, uh, this would have never happened uh, had we just been going along in our life. Uh, we were talking and I was sharing some challenges I had with him. And he was asking my advice on a challenge he was um, having and trying to make a decision with something. And anyway, we started talking on how we totally relate and agree with a certain aspect of this. And anyway, and then as he could hear my insecurity or my questions or my doubt and one of the things I brought up was doing this podcast by myself and that I was so excited that I was gonna have friends joining me and that you know I a lot of times I feel like Moses 
I just need a lot of errands. You know, I feel like that just like weak in speaking kind of thing. And so anyway, he just said, mom, I feel impressed to ask you if you would be interested in getting a blessing. That was cool. So I told him, give me 30 minutes. Give me 30 minutes so I can get in a better place in my mind and in my heart. And then, um, you know, but it was so powerful. Just before we started our podcast that he, that, you know, because of our conversation and us being able to talk longer and from a place where both of our hearts were, he trying to figure something out and me sharing kind of vulnerability, vulnerable, vulnerably. <laughs> anyway, me sharing. I think he just tell, you know, I think I need to ask her if she might want a blessing. So that's something that's adjusted too. It's just more time to talk. That, what a blessing, Karen, that you were able to connect with your son in that way. You know, have that time where he could really hear what was going on for you, understand it, and, and offer something really wonderful. That's beautiful. Thank you. I um, love what Kathy was talking about. Sometimes when we've got uncertainty and things that could be scary in our lives, Sometimes it, we, there's a tendency to focus on the mists of darkness, you know, all those scary things that are out there and that can pull us away from the tree. But I love that she said to focus, and this was my interpretation of it. I don't think she said these exact words, but to focus on the things that we are certain about, that we are sure about. And for me, that's given me a lot of peace this week. I know that the Lord's in charge. Now, I know that if we follow the Spirit, if we're seeking to know His will for our lives, and we're trying to do that the best that we know how and that we can, that He takes care of the rest. You know, it doesn't mean that we will be out of the hard things, that we will escape those somehow completely but just that we can have that assurance that he's in charge. This is Debbie. And one of the things that really has struck me along those lines, Sarah, is just that at a time when I don't have the access to the physical preparations that I've made um, for such a time as this, um, how, how important it is to have those spiritual preparations which um, and really how more important it is to, to have spiritual preparations. I've just been so grateful for President Nelson's um, short message on the coronavirus. Um, and in fact, I'm not even embarrassed to admit that I've just been binge watching it. It's about three minutes and four seconds long. And... Um, if I feel discouraged, it is so helpful to, to watch it and to see his smile and to hear him say the word temporary. We've made temporary adjustments. Um, I just, I get something out of it every time that I listen to it. And I love that 
in that very message, he, he reminds us to hear him, which harkens back to his previous message. And he also focuses on uh, the word joy and how we can find joy at this time, which reminds me of another of his messages. So I guess um, what I'm saying is, is um, other than the fact that we should all use pencil more often so that we can erase, because plans change, right? Um, but um, I think one th thing that has really uh, struck me is just that we are so blessed at this time to realize that we have a prophet on the earth who points us to our savior, um, who is in charge. And um, he says in his, President Nelson says in his um, recent message that, and he, he quotes, he says, I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say. And then he closes his quote and um, just reminding us of the promises that we have by being willing to prepare spiritually, to stay on the covenant path. Um, even when things might be falling apart temporally, there is power in those spiritual preparations that we make. So good. I've, I actually have been thinking, what are the most recent things President Nelson has said in the other talk that you mentioned, his joy and spiritual survival? I was reading that recently, and just the very beginning of it, I thought, oh, we should just take that very first part and say, let's just put that on our mirror. You like totally should be part of our devotional every morning while we're going through this. It's so cool. Like just the synopsis that they put, you know, right underneath the talk says, when the focus of our lives is on Jesus Christ and his gospel, we can feel joy regardless of what is happening or not happening in our lives. And if you recall in that talk, he talks about how Jesus Christ went through the hardest thing anyone could ever go through and how he made it through that. And that it had so much to do with his focus on joy. And then he says, President Nelson says, these are the latter days. So none of us should be surprised when we see prophecy fulfilled. A host of prophets, including Isaiah, Paul, Nephi, and Mormon foresaw that perilous times would come, that in our day, the whole world would be in commotion that men would be lovers of themselves without natural affection, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and that many would become servants of Satan who uphold the adversary's work. Indeed, you and I wrestle against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he goes on to be, you know, you know, to just teach us how we can spiritually survive uh, because of Jesus Christ. But that should be our focus. What's, what's Karen, I, this is Sarah. I have another thought. And um, 
I've had this misunderstanding about fear and faith for most of my life, probably. Um, I used to think and had heard in lessons at church and the MTC and, you know, different places in different contexts, fear and faith can't coexist. And um, I used to think that if I was fearful, if I had, if I was scared about stuff that I what didn't have enough faith. And um, I came to realize just in the past little while, as I've been navigating the end of a, a marriage and some really difficult, difficult things um, that were scary, that were the definition of uncertainty. And um, when I was in that place of fear, you know, I came to realize that that in itself, uh, to be a little uncertain, to be scared, to be fearful is not bad. It's not a bad thing. It's not lack of faith. But that the goal is that we can continue to turn to the Savior, that we can continue to get back to our faith and the bedrock of that faith and um, to reframe and to get that eternal perspective back when we're feeling the fear. So there are scary, perilous times, just like you described. Um, there's that part of the scripture which talks about men's hearts shall fail them. And I think that if we're feeling some fear and anxiety and uncertainty and, wow, how long is this going to last and what's going to happen to my family, that's okay. You know, be, be patient with yourself. Understand that that's normal to be feeling some of those feelings, um, but that we can get back to the faith. You know, we can continue to turn back to the Savior for the peace and the eternal perspective and the faith. Mm. That's so awesome. I have to say, one of the biggest reasons initially that I felt like Mothers You Know needed to be something that existed is because I recognized when women don't know what to do with their feelings and how vulnerable they are when they have feelings that are negative, like fear, you know, how vulnerable they are to the sneaky tactics of the adversary and how he tries to convince us in those moments that we can't find the Savior then. Um, and then since we have so many feelings and we don't know what to do with hard feelings that are stretchy like that, then we're just never going to find him. <laughs> and so it just was such a huge thing when I realized, oh, it's so important for women to understand of course we're going to feel afraid. Of course we're going to have super strong feelings that we have to address and know that that's an important skill to have. Uh, you know, that 
peace is an increased skill. It's not a change in our circumstance, but part of that increased skill in knowing that I can always find the Savior is I know that whenever I have scary things, uncomfortable things, stretchy things, the adversary will be there in that vulnerability to steal my joy. Unless I know what to do with my feelings so I can keep the spirit and be available uh, to feel God's love and support his work, keep the spirit with me so I can support his work. It's the whole stay by the tree, sister. Thank you for that. April, what have you been noticing about? I guess the biggest thing, a couple of things I noticed is um, I don't actually have TV, like live TV at my house. Like we have Netflix and stuff like that, but we don't have live TV. So I don't watch the news on a regular basis. So I, I actually have to purposely go look on the internet to find out what's going on in the world and, and get the news and stuff. But the thing that I noticed right away is when all of this started breaking out, the only person I wanted to listen to was the prophet. Because I thought, he's going to know the answer. I don't really care what the news is saying and people are going to panic and all of this stuff. I just want to know what President Nelson says and that's what I'm going to do. And if he says this is temporary and he says that we should have hope and we should, you know, that the Savior knows our personal circumstances and what's going on in our life, and that's what I'm going to believe. And I don't need to listen to anything else going on in the news. I mean, obviously, I need to know what's going on around me and stuff like that. But for the most part, I still try to limit that because it's the prophet who I really want to listen to. And then the other thing that I've noticed is, is just how it's kind of creating a space where everybody can slow down and focus on the things that are most important to them which is their family. And if you look around, you think, I have what I need right here. My kids are here. My family is here. You know, this is what's most important. The extracurricular activities don't really matter in the whole scheme of things. You know, all of those things I was going to go do this week don't really matter in the whole scheme of things. And it's interesting that when we slow down and we take away all of those things, we can really see what the most important things in our life are. And we can really sit back and go, you know what, all of that stuff, that extra stuff really doesn't matter. And what, what matters the most is right here in front of me. Ah, so good. I couldn't help but think of the song, follow the prophet. He knows the way. <laughs> I was hearing that in my mind as you were speaking. She sounds just like that such an important truth. BJ, what comes to your mind? I just, a few of the things that you shared and what Sarah shared about uh, just faith and fear. And if they, if you're feeling fear, then you don't have any faith kind of a thing that that's been a wrestle. So I'm glad you brought that up, but, um, and all of you rock stars, like I just listened to the prophet and I, I haven't been feeling like that since yesterday morning when we woke up to the earthquake, <laughs> you know, and my husband sat up and was like, PJ, the house is shaking. Are you, do you realize the house is shaking? <laughs> and I'm like, it was, what happened? You know, I kind of slept through the first part of that. But um, anyway, from that moment and a 
couple hours later, I just kind of, I was just feeling very fearful. Just the whole day, I just, I, he got a text a, a couple hours after that first um, earthquake that we felt. I guess there were several of them, but um, he got another text from somebody that um, is connected with first responders. And they said, um, the text said, within the hour, we should have an even bigger earthquake. Please get with your families, prepare what you need to. And it turned out that that was false information. And it was just, um, I guess, but I didn't know that for several hours, you know, and I was trying to make my bed and think about, you know, the scriptures that help to bring me peace. And, and I was thinking about how God does not give us a spirit of fear, but that's all I felt. My whole body was just thinking, what should we get out in the car? Should we get the cars out away from our garage? What do, what will we need to have? Will we be able to have access to water, food? You know, I was just pulling bread and peanut butter and jelly and just putting different things in the car. And really, I was just kind of consumed. And today, I just had a headache all day. I think your body can only handle so much of that, um, kind of being on that state of alarm. But things like calmed down, and, and I kind of felt a little better by the afternoon. But um, as we were going to bed, my I was saying, hey, let's not have anybody sleep downstairs. Let's just give it a couple of days just in case. I don't know how earthquakes work. I don't know if that was just the pre for something or I don't know. You know, I don't know. I just really was worried. But I was trying to remain calm and cool and act like everything was great with my kids. But um, as we were going to bed and things were feeling a little bit better, I um, was tucking my 12-year-old in and the 15-year-old from the other room was like, Mom, why are you having me sleep upstairs? Because you think the ceiling's going to fall in on us or something like that. And my 12-year-old, just his heart started racing. And he, he was just like, Mom, if the ceiling falls in on me, is anybody going to find me? How Will it kill me instantly? Or you know, And I was just like, I really don't think that's, that's just really rare that that's not going to happen. There's hardly any chance. And he was just saying, can you promise there's not a chance? Can you? And I just thought, I really... I can't promise, <laughs> I can't promise anything, but I can promise this, you know, that um, just that Heavenly Father's aware of us. He's so aware of us. Somehow he's going to help us through things that are, um, that are, that feel heavy or challenging. You know, I don't know what tomorrow will bring. That's probably not a, something we need to worry about, but some things we can't promise, right? We can't promise that our kids aren't going to have certain things or that certain things aren't going to happen, but um, we, you know, we can, we can rely just on the, just on the knowledge that the Heavenly Father's aware and he can kind of help us to bear up things that are difficult. And sometimes that's kind of, kind of what you, you know, what it's going to come down to, I guess, because there's a lot of things that are unknown. But anyway, so I wasn't, when I saw that text from Karen about possibly you know, having a chat about how we're doing great on this. I thought, I'm not doing great yesterday or today. So I didn't know you were actually doing this right now. But anyway, I just feel like if we keep showing up, if we keep kind of coming back to those things, even just listening to you ladies right now and the reminders, that's what we do. We just keep, we keep coming back to those things, even if at times we're feeling like we're not juggling the fear and faith very good. Just keep coming back to those. Just keep coming back to that. And I don't feel like Heavenly Father wants us to never 
feel in the depths of something. If we never feel in the depths or in the great struggle, what empathy can we ever have? How can we ever understand anything? You know, I thought about all these people everywhere else having struggles. And when I feel in myself, then I have some empathy. Or then I think, well, this is how people feel when they had an earthquake or when they had a whatever. I, I just didn't feel it that deep. And I didn't even have one real, you know, and I just, I just think he doesn't want to minus out the feelings of, of great distress or struggle. It really enlarges us. So, so when we're feeling fearful, sometimes we just need to kind of wrap our arms around it and remember that feeling because we don't want to be like, well, that's their problem over in Africa because they shouldn't have been born there. I guess then they'd have food if they were born in, you know, whatever. We, we have a different feel for people's struggles. But anyway, that's what I've been thinking. So great. Yeah, so good. Sarah? It's been just a joy to, to connect with you ladies today. We really are not alone. There are so many of us who are feeling similar things and going through it and in the trenches, I like to say. And it's just wonderful to be able to relate to each other on that level and also to share kind of those higher ways of thinking and and feeling and um, reconnect to our Savior because he really is in charge. So it's been a blessing. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, it's amazing to me how when I can be on a, with a team of women, how much better I am at self-regulating. And when, when I'm not, I really struggle. Um, I think that's one of the strengths of our um, Mothers Who Know meetings and our classes is that there's a lot of this that goes on. A lot of women mentoring women, people that coming together and being able to just, it's okay to be where you're at and to say how it really is and how you feel about that. We know that that doesn't mean you don't have any faith or that you're a wingnut. We know you have a life just like we do. And we just want you to, to feel like we're there with you. And we know you're amazing. What are some of the final thoughts that you have that have to do with perspective? There's real power in, like you said, being together with, um, with women and especially being able to verbalize and put into words those deeper feelings of our hearts. I don't know if we have, if very many of us have the opportunity to do that very often. And there's a great clarity that can come from that. Being able to dig a little bit deeper, understand or even become more aware of what it is we're really going through, to be able to verbalize it to someone else, have them validate, and then also to hear something come out of their mouth that adds additional perspective on what we are experiencing. So powerful. And I'm so grateful for that. Me too. I am just so grateful for technology that allows us to um, gather in this way. I think I would be feeling very isolated if it were not for you know, the technology that I mentioned earlier, being able to 
watch and rewatch the message from from President Nelson, from being able to to gather in this format and then to think that it will be available for others to listen to at their will is just is just mind blowing to me and it makes life so much easier at a time of social distancing to be able to experience this um, spiritual closeness. So I'm just really grateful. Thank you for that. I just have to read Elder Anderson's quote from his talk, Wounded, because uh, it kind of goes along with this theme of connecting. Even with your own painful wounds, you will instinctively reach out to others, trusting in the Savior's promise. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. The wounded who nurse the wounds of others are God's angels on earth. One of our mothers who know sent me, and she said, this is exactly why we have these mothers who know meetings, these mastermind questions. And a class is in a class is such a good idea. It's fun to share a couple of last thoughts, and that is um, the power of vulnerability. It's amazing how, as you grow up, you're fearful of sharing your deepest thoughts and what you're really thinking out of fear that people are going to judge you for not being strong enough or cool enough or whatever. And um, it's really sad that it takes so many years to get to where you finally can be vulnerable and recognize that sometimes people still will criticize you, but the strength that comes from being vulnerable and allowing other people to be vulnerable, it really can strengthen so many people. And I think that's what being able to go to warrior mothers and classes like that, that's what it does. It really strengthens everyone because they don't, they're not, you know, a lot of times we go along in our lives and we want to look a certain way and you don't have to do that. You don't have to fake through life. You be real and, and then you feel the support of others. And then you also, by talking to other people, it helps you to have some kind of tools because you know how to work some problems out that other people might have had themselves and so i think vulnerability is a word that everyone should know and see it as one of the greatest things that will help them in their lives and then the other thing i wanted to just mention was that um, i have a really sweet friend and she she's 95 years old we're not related but um, when i lived in ohio she was always very sweet to me and um, she would talk to me at church and there came a time where she no longer went to church because she physically, um, well, she's afraid of falling on ice and, you know, doesn't want to get sick. She's 95. So I will call her on the phone sometimes. And the other day I was thinking about her and I thought I need to call her and see how she's doing. And of course, you know, the beginning of the conversation, she said, you know, it is scary. This virus is scary, but I don't, it didn't really change for her. She never went out. She was always home. But she said, what makes me the most angry, <laughs> disappointed 
is that I can't get my temple names done now because now they only will do live, um, live work for most temples, I guess. And so she's doing, because she spends all of her day doing genealogy and reading books. And she's so disappointed she can't help those on the other side of the veil. And um, so I just wanted to, my last thought was that there are people, like I'm not in that situation. I probably should be doing more history. But I'm not in that situation because I'm not 95 and that wasn't my life of every day doing family history. And so um, I'm hoping that women who listen to this podcast or men, whoever listens to it, that um, we, we can have our, our own feelings um, validated to where we know that other people are feeling the same way, but also to recognize other people in a completely different place that they have feelings. And we should also think of them and what we can do to best help them. Beautiful. Elder Bednar, I just read, found this quote yesterday from him, and I thought, that's a cool quote. He says this, We are not the teachers. The Holy Ghost is. So inviting others to act, to exercise their faith, helps to entice the Holy Ghost to teach them individually and everybody collectively. So I guess before my final thoughts, I would just like to invite you, if you're listening to this podcast, to understand that that's what we do in our Mothers You Know classes and meetings is we invite the Holy Ghost to teach us. And we all act and show up or listen to the recording if we can't make it. And we work together and, and individually, and the Holy Ghost works through everybody collectively. It's amazing to me what a strong testimony I've gained of how important we are to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and how we've been given really special gifts as women that are meant to support God's work to bring to pass our eternal life. Our gifts are for that purpose, to help him in his cause. And I think he cares so deeply about how we're doing in our heart and in our mind. And he knows that we're not feeling like all things are easy and don't affect us. He knows we are being affected, which is why he offers so much to us and continues to offer that all the time to come and find him and to hear him and just to have a greater appreciation and feeling of him in our lives while we're going through this adjusting time where we're noticing so many amazing things and stretchy things. It's just so cool, so beautiful that we know who Jesus Christ is and have a prophet that we can follow who leads Christ's church on the earth. Wow, so so blessed. So thanks for listening, and thanks April, BJ, Sarah, Debbie, and Kathy for joining me, and we all invite you to come join us in Mothers You Know. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our 
website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. The Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA eight young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. And The Clark and Linda Show, a courageous couple that shares their journey of pornography addiction and how that affected their marriage and family. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. And by the way, if you do enroll in a program, use our promo code MWK on the enrollment form to get $25 off a Sense of Human intake session. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.